ready to create the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. We've done it ourselves after leaving careers in law and clinical practice. Like many other professional women, we wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our growing families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other ambitious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. In our business, we're big fans of financial literacy and accountability. Knowing your numbers is an essential aspect of building a successful business and inherent responsibility for any entrepreneur. We also believe that what you focus on grows. So pay attention to your money. How do we stay up to speed on our numbers? We use Bench for our bookkeeping. It's simple, elegant, and saves us so many hours that would otherwise be spent neck deep in receipts on the other side of a spreadsheet. Each month, our transactions are automatically imported into Bench, and we get on-demand financial reports. We even enjoy opening up our profit and loss statement to review each month. And when tax time comes around, we are up to date and ready to go. And this is what financial empowerment feels like. Head on over to soulfulmbapodcast.com slash bench to save 20% off your Bench accounting plan for the first six months. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 145 of the Soulful MBA podcast. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hey, we're going to get into it today. We sure are. This episode is all about the empowerment of understanding your profit and loss. Do you not love that, Jenny? Like, it's so avoided, the numbers, the accounting reports, ugh, dread, yuck. And it's like, no, no, no. This is like the most empowering thing you can do as an entrepreneur is understand this stuff. And it's really not that hard. Oh yeah. It feels very boss. I mean, I I just, it feels like we're living in that kind of queen archetype when we're doing this, doesn't it? Like we're just sort of handling our business. And I love that I'm not intimidated by these kinds of numbers or by, you know, really anything Mm -hmm. related Mm -hmm. to like numbers and financials anymore. And it's really just a lovely skill to have. And it is super empowering to not fear looking at your numbers. Right. And if you don't know something, you ask a question and figure it out. Like this stuff is super, it's very logical stuff. And once it's explained to you once, I mean, especially what we're going to go today through the PL, and it's like very logical and it's actually really easy to understand. And it's the most important report you can look at every month. Yeah. And, it. It, you know, it usually takes a little while to get this. That's the only thing I don't love about the profit and loss is that the data, it usually takes a little while for our bookkeepers to go through and like for any bookkeeper really to go through right. and, and fill so, this out. So it's usually a couple weeks into the next month before we have the profit and loss. So what you and I do is we usually go through all of our metrics and numbers right at the end of the month. And then we wait a couple of weeks and then we go through the profit and loss for the month previous. Yeah. It's just a delay with the bank and, and all yeah, the charges expenses. going through. Right. Yeah. And then, yep. Categorizing all of the information. Sure. So why don't we okay. go ahead and talk about what is the goal of having a profit and loss statement? 
So profit and loss is one of two major counting reports. The other one is a balance sheet, which we're not going to talk about. The balance sheet for me is very, it's like it shows the net worth of a business at any one time. And so I look at that at the end of the year and I don't ever look at it during the year. Like it's really not that helpful. The PL is super helpful because this is what your money is doing in your business right now. So this is a great way to look. It's like basically it's what's coming in and what's coming out. So it's a little snapshot of your financial performance. And I want to say like right now, but like, as you said, it's a takes a couple of weeks to get the data to be pulled in for all your expenses. But it is a snapshot of your business's financial performance. So it's really, really helpful to use this to make decisions. So another point with a PL, it's also called income statement. You'll also hear it referred to as income statement. I think a profit and loss is a little nicer sounding. You can run a PL over any period of time. So you at the end of the year, you might want to look at your PL for the entire year. You can run it for a month or you can run it for a quarter. We typically look at ours every month. And I do want to make a note as we go through all these bookkeeping and accounting points that we are talking about cash-based accounting and not accrual. So we are talking about when we say revenue, we're talking about revenue that comes into your business, like physically into your bank account in this time period. So let's say a month. So we're not talking about if you have a payment plan and you've got 12 payments of, I don't know, $100 over a year or something, that revenue would be a $100. And then each month after that revenue, that $100 would be counted in that month's revenue. So we're not talking accrual. We're talking cash base, which is just the money that's actually going into your bank account during whatever time period you're defining. That makes sense. And I mean, I would say until we started preparing for this episode, I did not know what accrual meant. And so Mm. this is just, you know, Sandy, you're, you sort of wear the finance hat in our business. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit more than me, partly because you ran a million dollar yeah. mortar prior to coming on board in this company, mm-hmm. you know, so you have more experience with this than I do, but it's okay. Like even, you know, I'm five years into business and did not understand the concept of accrual until this week. And that's okay. So just mm-hmm. again, just like we talked about in our last episode in this series, it's really a reminder that there are no dumb questions, that it's okay to not understand it all. And um, you're an adult and you're a professional and you're a, you know, a business owner and an entrepreneur. And it's your opportunity and responsibility to take this on as something that's worth knowing and learning um, because it's just going to make you that much more powerful and in mm-hmm. command of your business. I have to say when I did have my old business in my brick and mortar shoe store and clinic, we had a controller. So every month I would get like reports like, you know, handed to me in such detail. And it was so, so good to learn from. But also I spent a lot of those years feeling like I was supposed to understand these things. And so what do I do with them? Like, this is great, but what do I do with it? And so I spent a lot of years being quiet and I listened and learned, but I didn't ask enough questions. So I could have learned a lot more, but yeah, it's all time. The more you do it, the more you understand it. So let's go through the different parts on a P&L statement. So first is revenue. So revenue is pretty obvious. It's all of the money that you take in or all of your sales. And we're just going to talk about P&L for a month. Let's just use that time period. So for that 30 days, what is the number of your sales? Like everything that you actually sold, all the money that went into your bank account, that is your top line revenue. 
The next one I think is super interesting for our clients. So the next line in a PL is cost of goods or sometimes described as cost of sales. So cost of goods is the money that you spend to create or to deliver the product that you're selling. So it's really easy to understand this if you have a business like I did where it was a shoe store. So we would have to purchase shoes from the wholesaler in order to sell at an inner retail environment. So the cost of shoes, so whatever I spent to buy those physical shoes was my cost of goods. And that comes straight off my revenue. So for you, Jenny, like in Woodland Alchemy, all your cost of goods are the wax and the bottles and the, the things that you need to create your candles and your hydrosols or whatever. Yeah. And we know all of those numbers and they're always constantly fluctuating in that business for us because for example, there are tariffs with China, right? So now everything is like 20% more expensive to buy Mm. jars and lids and supplies. And all of that is a constantly moving target, which is why it's so important to have a P&L, right? So that you can gauge, do I need to raise my wholesale prices? Because now I'm under the margins that I needed to have percentage wise in order for this business to be lucrative for me. So it's really important. It's I think easy in an online business to forget that you even have costs, but of course you do. Yeah. So you won't necessarily have cost of goods. So the example that I wrote down here was like, if you run a retreat, for example, your caterer, your the location that you're holding the retreat in, all of those expenses are your cost of goods because you can't sell a retreat if you don't have those things. If you are a teacher or a coach, you might not have any cost of goods. It's just your time and it's your intelligence and it's sort of a service that you are selling. So you don't necessarily have cost of goods. It's so much easier to understand if you have like widgets or candles or something physical because there is a physical cost and that's easy. So this is something by no means are we experts in what is a cost of good or not. And that's something you need to speak with your accountant with. But we're going to describe the lines in the, of a PL in a second and you'll see why cost of goods are so important to know. So the third thing in a PL are what's called other expenses, super imaginative, but other expenses. So that is every single other thing in your business that you have to pay for. So your internet, any travel, any software tools that you use, you know, your cell phone, any rent, virtual assistant, your Zoom account, paper, pen, you know, any other thing that would be classified under other expenses. So a P&L, once you look at your P&L, this gives you your gross profit and your net profit. And I want to explain the difference between the two. So your gross profit is all of your revenue minus your cost of goods is your gross profit. So that's what you were just saying, Jenny, to watch. You want to make sure that what you are bringing in is larger than your cost of goods, because otherwise you've got a huge problem. Well, yeah. And I mean, to me, it's not even just larger. It's like there's a certain percentage of gross profit that we want to make on every sale in order for it to be worth our time. So it's not like break even. It's, you know, I want to have 80% profit margins in that business or 70% profit margins, not 5% profit margins. Because then my time is worthless. Right. So I think often in businesses where there are physical products, like you just take the cost of the goods right off your revenue because there's no point even talking about your revenue because you have to pay for so many things to be able to deliver the product or create the product, right? So when people say, what is like your numbers? What are your gross numbers? This is what they're talking about. You're basically your gross, you can also call it gross income or gross profit. So this is your revenue minus your cost of goods is your gross profit. Okay. So 
the next number is your net profit. So gross versus net. And net is your gross profit. So your revenue minus your cost of goods is your gross profit. And then you take your gross profit and minus all of your other expenses to get your net. So that's what you're left with at the end of the month. So it's the total your business makes after all expenses. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. And I know that our clients are going to ask this question, Sandy, or our listeners. Do you factor what you pay yourself into the net profit? Like, how does that factor in? Yeah. My understanding is that you don't. We are going to talk about our numbers later, but if you were to run a P&L, they typically would not include certainly any dividends or distributions in the States and not your own salary, but it would include your own like team members and you know, anyone that you would hire or consultants or your Facebook ads person or whatever that would include in that, but it is not usually your salary. So what I think is interesting with the P&L is like you get a snapshot. Okay, I made this much money this month. We use Bench for our bookkeeping and we are going to go into detail about why we love Bench so much. But what I really like is that a P&L will show you your expenses, like line by line, every single thing that came out of your bank account. And it's an opportunity at the end of the month to take a look at your P&L and just look at what you're spending your money on. And Jenny, I think you and I, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back for this because I think we've been so good at this that we watch our expenses closely. So anything that we don't use, we get rid of, which is typically software if we try to, you know, try something new and then don't, don't like that and we forget to cancel it. So this is an opportunity to look, but we don't want to spend too much time worrying about what these expenses are, right? It's so much better just to make more money, to spend your time figuring out marketing and sales <laughs> because you can get like really, really closed and sort of shut down. Like I can't spend any money. And this is what you were talking about in the last episode is like, Last year, knowing what we spent this year, we would have like not even understood how to do that last year, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I just want to make a distinction too, because this was really important for me when we were first building Namastream and we were in the accelerator. I found this really interesting distinction between top line revenue and bottom line Mm -hmm. expenses. And I didn't know the difference. And so many companies are being built to save other companies money or to save people money. And it's really a lot easier to sell someone something if you're saving the money. But in terms of the impact you can have on their business or their life, it's historically much smaller than if you're building a tool like us to help people have more top line revenue because the impact and the margin, the way you affect that company or that individual is just so much bigger. Now it's a harder sell to make because it's requiring a mindset and it's riskier perhaps, but the impact you can have on someone's business is so much bigger. So for example, with Namastream, our software platform, people can build entire revenue streams, entire other businesses using our platform and make more money than they really ever dreamed possible. Instead of that, we could have invented a tool 
that maybe helped them save 5% of the expenses in their business, right? right? There was like a calculator there where they could like quickly track all their expenses and, you know, have those expenses like, I don't know, do a search to see if there's some cheaper alternative where they could save 5%. I mean, but there's so many tools out there to help you save money or change sort of like the bottom line in your business. And anyway, the top line for me was where I wanted to be because I really want to do revolutionary work in my life. And so, but that distinction, it took me a while to understand that. So I don't know if that will help any of you to understand the difference between top line and bottom line, but that really helped me to understand it. Yeah. I mean, I love that. Just that statement is like the answer is always to make more money. That's it. Like just top line gross. Like let's get more revenue in there. And so I hear a lot in the inbox, like people are worried when they want to start a business and they're worried about the expenses. And it's just, I don't know, like you do need to spend money to create a business, period. And in this first year, I think you're doing really well if you break even but you have to spend money to start the business. And so each month when you look at your P&L, you know, it might be negative, it might be break even, it might be a little bit up, but you've just got to start spending that money to get that revenue in. I think this idea of like, let's hold tight and let's cut back and let's sometimes you just got to spend the money. Well, this is a prime example of what's happened in our company in the last year, right? Where, like you said, we're really good at not wasting money. We're really good at keeping our growth lean. We're bootstrapped intentionally, knowing that that would have to be a factor in how we grew our company and that we would have to grow slower than if we had taken on VC investment. And so that's just been a core value of the way we run our business. However, as we have started to grow and there is more disposable income into the company, more profit that we had to play with, the more that we started to reinvest that profit into the business, the faster we grow, right? And that's Mm -hmm. just, it makes perfect sense. It does feel risky because nothing is guaranteed in life or business, but you have enough data over enough months of sort of reinvesting that you start to see a pattern, right? And it becomes somewhat predictable and then it starts to feel safe. But I would just say to everyone, yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way of thinking about it, Sandy, that, you know, you're really doing well if you break even year one and then start to think, you know, what do I need to do in my life so that I have capacity to invest in a side hustle so that I cannot need the income from that business for a year, but yet I can nurture it and let it be growing while I still have my financial basis covered in some other way. Because then starting in year two, you're going to start to see bigger numbers and in year three, really bigger numbers. And then, you know, if you make it past year three, in my mind, you're golden, right? Like you've invested three years in something you're going to see return on investment. But so many people say, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to leave right now and I'm going to start this. And then they need the income from Mm -hmm. that business. And if you start to bleed all the money out and take it as profit without reinvesting, you're just basically going to be spinning your wheels. Like you might do all right. And if you're doing service-based work, if you're a coach or a teacher or a trainer that focuses on trading time for money, you can do great right out the gate, right? Like you can make a really good salary, but if you're trying to build passive income, it takes time. And I love this rule that expect, you know, we say historically on NamaStream, people start to break even with their investment in NamaStream 
like month one, two, three. By month three, pretty much anyone who's tried has broken even that we've surveyed by month three. But that's just one investment in your business. Like that's right. not counting yeah. like anything else you're doing. And we really want you to be investing in your business as a whole, not just in our software platform. Right. I think that is really helpful for people that the majority of people in three months are able to pay for the Nomstream software tool for a year of Nomstream, not the monthly plan, but like the annual plan. And but then you still have a lot of other things, right? <laughs> like you still have a lot of other expenses. <laughs> well, if you want to grow fast, you do, or you know, you want to grow dynamically. You could basically hoard your money and not spend anything and use free social media and cold calling and, you know, having local meetups and getting clients. Like you can do a lot on a shoestring. And I think it really just depends on A, how big of a business you want to grow, B, how fast you want to grow it and see what your level of risk aversion is. And time or money. What do you have? Time or money. Yeah. So, so you know, you've got to figure that out for yourself. But I think, you know, we're here to tell you that it's absolutely reasonable to build a company that within a few years is supporting you and your family. And don't sacrifice that amazing opportunity because it doesn't happen in two months. Yeah. That's all. Just yeah, have to always exactly say that. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about our joy this episode because I want to spend a few minutes discussing it. So for this episode, our joy is the software Bench, bench.co, I believe. This is our tool that we use for bookkeeping that we get our PL reports almost instantly. And it is a bookkeeping tool. So it imports all of our transactions from our bank account and it will automatically create PLs for us. So we can go back and look at any time period and create a PL. We can look at all the different expenses. I like to look at it just the month previous and scan through the expenses to make sure there isn't anything that's totally out of whack. We can look at, you know, revenue, we can look at all the different areas of expense. So we're able to say like, we want to look at, you know, typically an accountant when they go and prepare your financials for your tax, that everything has to be categorized, right? Like this is travel and this is software and this is this and this is that. And so Bench does that how we want it. So we can look like for us, we want to see, we have a whole line called out for our development for the dev team. So we can see that number month by month because that's an important number to us. It's not buried in like consultants or something. We can pull that out and Bench does that for us. So I love having Bench as a tab on my browser and I can open it up and I can scan super quickly through all of our expenses every month. Yeah. Well, and it's a really beautiful user interface. Um, we've beautiful. had a series of bookkeepers over the course of the last few years, but they've all been amazing and they get to know our business. So initially when somebody comes on, they maybe have questions about how to categorize something that we've done, especially when we travel. I think it's tricky to know what we're spending money on, but then they learn us, right? They learn our business. They learn about us and who we are and how we want things categorized. And, you know, many months, like we don't even have to do anything. Like they just send us like your statement is ready. Right. And then once, you know, every other month we'll get a message that's like, we need your help categorizing a few things. And I go in and it's literally less than two minutes to go in and be like, 
it's this, it's this, it's this. Thank you. All done. The other thing is that they have a human being with eyes on our account. So it is automated as software, but there's also a person watching and we have like an account manager and that's what you're talking about. They look at everything and make sure it makes sense. And if something doesn't, they'll ask you for help. So I love this sort of analog digital blend of bookkeeping where it's automated and they, and it was hard to find something that worked with Stripe. Am I remembering that correctly? Like, like when we've added different things, like if we've done conferences or events, you know, we'll have to add like a square reader because we're selling t-shirts or whatever. Like, it's just easy. We just add anything we need, any other account that we need. It's, and then it pulls it into revenue. And then it's all sort of in one place. And I feel like if we didn't use a tool like this, like we would get a little overwhelmed by this process and forgetting things and, you know, having to make sure that I don't even have to think about bookkeeping. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. Like I no, literally I mean, don't have to think about it. I get notifications if there's something I need to do. And then I affirmatively go in and do the thing I need to do responsibly as a CEO. And then I can just like let it go and somebody else's responsibility. And then, you know, there's once a month where we look at our P&L and we just sort of do the responsible thing of making sure that we don't need to make any big changes going into the next month in terms of our expenses. And that's it. I mean, it's really, it's yeah, really it's easy. It's really that easy. Really and I spot it? check our bank accounts a couple times a week. And I know you do, well, you did too when you could log in. I think you can log, can in, log in, in now. <laughs> There's like two years where you couldn't log in. Silly Canadian American problems. Mm. But I mean, yeah, like, so I will go in and I'll, you know, like just to see if anything sketchy is going on. Cause if you have a bank account, you probably should check it once a week just to, to make sure because hacking happens. But usually I don't, I mean, I just literally am spot checking to make sure someone hasn't, you know, like, I don't know, Strained bought a ticket to like San Tropez or something with my debit card. <laughs> and other than that, it's just relying on bench to kind of handle yeah, so- everything. But that's a good point because now Bench has this new feature called Pulse, and that actually is a live feed of our bank account. So now I only go into Bench and there's a little, you know, on the dashboard, there's a little window of our bank account and I can see the actual transactions into from the bank and it will give me the balance, which I don't know. I love just having that one location, that one tab on my browser and I go and all our financial data is there. I love that. Like, so Pulse is a really nice feature that they've added recently. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I guess I don't need to go into the bank account anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if you, it's just like, you know, I don't know how many transactions, this is a small window. So maybe the bank account one is easier, but I just love being able to look at the balance even by going through our bookkeeping software and not having to log into a second place to see our bank balance. Yeah. No, I can't recommend Bench highly enough. They're fantastic. And we've been with them forever. 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 Yeah. I think our first bookkeeper or account manager was like the model that was on their first website. Like it was the guy who was the model (laughs) who we met at like subsequent conferences. And I'm like, you're the bench guy. I know you. That's right. (laughs) He's so nice. We're friends on LinkedIn. But yeah, I mean, I just think anyway, it's an example of technology really working and making life easier because in other areas of my life and nonprofits I work with and like, and when I had our own nonprofit, it was like, not like this. (laughs) It was like a human who has to like get a folder of receipts. And to me, that's just such an outdated way of doing things. And we don't even have to keep receipts. Receipts. Like it's amazing when we travel, Sandy, when we're out at a meal, do you need a receipt? Nope. Bench has got it. I love it. Yeah, it's good. All right. And the hustle today is a site on TED, so TED Talks, and it's a site that is their finance site. So all of the TED Talks that are categorized in the finance category. And I just think that 
so many of us avoid this topic as we've been discussing in this series. And this is a great resource of phenomenal thinkers that you can go and take 20 minutes out of your day and just, you know, commit to listening to one of them. Just pick one finance talk that looks interesting to you and have a listen. And it might be more interesting than you thought. So my guess is you're going to want to listen to more than one of them. It's all about empowerment. That's right. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free.